Welcome to the Sunday Night Showdown. With your host, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexy. Just when you thought it was safe to turn on the old grappling show, look who's back in town! Often attempted to be imitated, but always the original boomer, Miss Boom Boom Sexy. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? The Sunday Night Showdown begins now. And welcome everybody back to Sunday Night Showdown on a week when we have no pay-per-view, thank God. Last week was a fiasco and a half. But tonight we do have a lot of things in store for everyone tonight. So with that being said, let's dive right into things. And of course, you know my lovely and talented co-host. You know her as Boom Boom Sexy. That's right, the one, the only Harmony. And then of course there's me, the Sunday night showstopper, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexy. That was so boring tonight. You're usually like over the top and over the top rope and down on the ground and getting the big huge pops and the holy shits and all that. Nothing tonight. Just so blah. What's up with that? What's up with that? Well, okay. It's It's been a hell of a day. And obviously, I didn't really have time to get all this stuff done before we, we started the show. Thanks That's true. A lot, of, a lot of problems, so I'm a little stressed, but hey, we're going to have a good show. It doesn't matter. Uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever... On Sunday Night Showdown, we're going to bring you the Lucha Libre Lowdown. And we both, everybody knows who the host of the Lucha Libre, the Lucha Libre Lowdown is. See, I can't even talk. I know. It's our south of the border amigo, Santo Loco. Santo and I say Loco. south of the border because he's in the States and we're in Canada, so it is south of the border, technically. Absolutely, that's pretty cool. We get to see the debut of that. We've also got the indie sensation and star of Wrestling Reality on the Fight Networks, Scott Savage, joining us a little bit later on. We've got some MMA talk with Adam Martin, the host of Punishment Radio. And let's not forget that we weren't able to give away our Big Bound for Glory prize package last week. So we're going to do that as well tonight. Um, that prize package is going to include a copy, DVD copy of the 2006 Bound for Glory DVD, as well as the 2007 Bound for Glory t-shirt, both of which are signed by tons and tons of wrestlers. So, Yeah, you know, some of the names that I got uh, that were on that were Robert Roode, uh, Tracy Brooks, I heard AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. I mean, just a ton of names on this prize pack that we're going to be giving away later on the night. And Woody, if you're listening, yes, your package is in transit as we speak. <laughs> now, some of the rules for that is a little bit later on, we're going to be asking you two questions throughout the show. You must be registered in our forums, um, Stunner or Cat or somebody, or Lindsay, somebody in the chat room. If if you could post in the chat room the link to our forums, you must be registered. So go in and register now. Um, and 
the answer, the first person to answer those two questions correctly and PM me is going to be the winner. The rules are posted as well. Um, it was posted last Sunday. The rules are the same. So go in and check the rules out. And you can't have won in the past 60 days. So unfortunately, the winner of the condemned is not eligible for this one, but um, maybe next time around. So with that being said, let's get right into the show. Let's do that. I, I want to take a really quick, because obviously we have something coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Um, I want to take a really quick look at the week that was professional wrestling, starting off with Monday Night Raw. Um, I don't know about you, but I was kind of bored. Nothing really happened this week on Raw that I can remember, and that's sad. I mean, nothing was memorable other than the fact that Randy Orton wrestled three times in one night. Kind of like Triple H wrestled three times in one night. True. Yeah, it, it hasn't been a big week. Um, I mean, a few things happened. Um, the In Florida Championship Wrestling, they have a new champion. Yeah, I actually heard something about that. Uh, apparently, they stripped Harry Smith of the uh, FCW Championship. Well, I guess he just couldn't run over from England to all the way to Florida in 10 seconds to get into the ring to keep his championship belt. So they did actually award that to Alpha Junior or Alpha Junior. Alpha <laughs> Junior. Not Alpha. Um, which I think Omega's listening and he's probably thinking, that's my gimmick. Alpha and Omega. Alpha Omega, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but so he, Harry Smith was stripped. So maybe good news, we'll, we might see him debut in the future. I mean, there was WWE.com did have a big write-up about Harry Smith and they did show the dark match that he did with Carlito, as well as they put commentary over it. So, signs point to we shall <clears throat> see him soon. Well, you know, there was a couple of uh, of his shows over this this tour of uh, of Europe. He debuted on. He was actually the tag team partner of William Regal for a Raw house show, I think, in Sheffield. And they took on Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch for the tag team championship, and they won via disqualification. And from all reports I've heard, Harry Smith was over huge. Regal put him over like a million bucks. Speaking of Regal and Harry Smith, I also heard in Belfast, Ireland at the house show as well, Harry Smith took on William Regal and defeated him. So I'm telling you, soon, Harry Smith will either be on Raw or SmackDown. It's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. Um, TNA, not a, not a whole lot on the TNA shows either. You know what? There was something I want to talk about on TNA. Let's talk. Watching TNA this week and them having their parade of champions with the belts in the ring and Jay Lethal comes down and, you know, not that he was supposed to be a part of it, but he was anyway. What the hell? You know, nice to see Gail Kim finally get a title that she can represent. It's good to see a women's division that actually has women's wrestlers for once. So at least TNA has one positive in their belt right now. Um, as far as the tag team champions, yeah, AJ, Tomko, woohoo. Sting comes down and gets awarded the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. But here's what really pissed me off, ladies and gentlemen. And I love Jim Cornette more than any of the other bookers around. Not that he's booking TNA, but he's always been a guy that I've always been fond of as far as his ability, what he can do. But here's the thing. When you're cutting a promo, giving the belt to Sting, and you're saying that that was the hardest-fought match he's ever had in his career, um, i got to call shenanigans on that bullshit because Sting has had major battles 
with better superstars. I mean, Sting and Ric Flair for the for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, what was the NWA Championship at the time, to me was much more of a battle than for the TNA World Championship against Kurt Angle. It was kind of insulting. It was a slap in the face, in my opinion, to Sting for him to say, oh, it's the hardest fight you've ever had, and this championship means more to you than any other belt. I'm calling foul on that. That's absolute bullshit. Well, and especially since the TNA belt has only been held by Kurt Angle. It hasn't been held by the legends and the legends. I mean, it, it just, just goes along with their foolishness of calling it a dream match when they've already wrestled before, including on free television. I know. It, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, when you look at the names that Sting has faced... Uh, for the WBCW World World Championship, World Championship actually actually meant something in this business, and you look at facing Kurt Angle now, it's a fluke. It's a joke because hey, guess what? I don't know if you know. Here's a spoiler for everybody, but hey, next week on Impact, Kurt Angle wins the title back. Surprise, surprise! Did anybody not see that one coming? Well, I mean. They're they're trying to get everybody and anybody that they can to watch two hours. They need everybody to watch it, and perhaps this is their way of saying anything can happen during the during television shows. It doesn't just happen on a pay per view. I don't know. I don't know. I'm at a loss. You're at a loss. Well, I'm at a loss. I don't know. You know, TNA. I think. They do certain things that, that are good for wrestling fans, but then they, they do something totally that just completely makes them look so Bush League. And for Jim Cornette to come out and say, oh, yeah, Sting, this is the hardest fight, and this is the greatest championship you've ever held. If I was Sting and I'm standing in the ring, I would have slapped Cornette. I'll be honest with you. Gimmick or no gimmick, shoot promo or not, I would have just looked at him, slapped him, and walked out of the ring because it's insulting to a man who has basically had his reputation tarnished by Jim Cornette even saying that. And maybe I'm making a big deal out of nothing, but that's just the way that I feel. That's my opinion that, you know, I do have a right to have. Um, but again, I have to say, TNA, congratulations on your women's division. Not really keen on calling it the knockouts division. It sounds like something in UFC. But whatever, you know, at least they have women talent. I mean, Awesome Kong well, is there. I, I like the name. I like the name. It's twofold. They're knockouts because they're hot in most cases. Well, Awesome Kong's not very hot. Uh, um, awesome Kong? Amazing Kong, whatever the hell she calls herself. I, I said in most cases. And if you like big behemoth Amazon women, I'm, I'm sure some people find her attractive. And, and she did provide a nip slip, so that's always good, isn't it? No matter what they look like. Oh, was that when I was vomiting for 20 minutes? I don't know. But I, I like it. They're like their knockouts that way and then their knockouts in the ring. I like it. I think it's good. I think it's a good name and it should stick. Right. <laughs> Whatever. So but let's, let's not forget that Amazing Kong is pretty amazing in that ring. You know what? For a woman her size, I mean, she kind of reminds me of uh, Rhonda Singh. Who was amazing in the ring. Yep. Who was totally misused in the WWE. Uh, excuse me, the WWF. You remember Bertha Faye? Yes. She was on my list of best failed gimmicks of all times. Well, it's sad. Let's see. Uh, going back to ECW, I really didn't watch it. Apparently the 
And, and you got to love the way the WWE tries to sway people to, you know, supposedly Cyber Sunday, the fate of whatever happens is in your hands. What, I mean, obviously, they're pushing for certain matches to happen. I mean, who does anybody really think Randy Orton is going to face at Cyber Sunday? Do you think it's going to be Jeff Hardy? I don't think so. I would like to see it happen just because I want everybody that's a wrestling fan to go out there, vote a thousand times, and try to see if you can get Jeff Hardy a title match against Randy Orton. I guarantee you it's going to be Shawn Michaels because that's the way they've led up from the way he showed up a couple weeks ago. It's going to be Shawn Michaels. So with that being said, why don't they make it uh, whoever doesn't get chosen as Randy Orton's opponent, the other two have a match on their own. And if it's That's not Jeff idea. Hardy, if it's not Jeff Hardy, then Jeff Hardy should defend his Intercontinental title against, say, I don't know, Mr. Kennedy. Well, that is a good idea, but unfortunately it's Cyber Sunday, so all the matches are predetermined. But we're going to get into Cyber Sunday a little bit later on. We're going to guess the match tips, and we're going to guess the winners as well. So we'll, we'll talk about that some more. So going into SmackDown this week, because ECW, there, was a, there really wasn't anything to talk about that, that I can remember. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of SmackDown. However, I did catch the main event. I wanted to see MVP versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Um, first time ever these two met. And I'm going to tell you what, it was a great match. I would have I said it was match of the week. Again, I would have said match of the week if it hadn't been for Fit Finley coming down and interfering and knocking the hell out of both guys. What a buzzkill to a great match. Congratulations, WWE. It's WWE. But can't we see good wrestling anymore? I mean, is that we too much to ask? We do see good wrrestling. That was the, the, the that match, was the match was good. of the week until he fucked it up. The match was good. The finish, not so good. But you, you got to look at the good and everything. You just said, can't we see good wrestling? You saw good wrestling. You just saw shitty finishes. Yeah, I reckon. Good point. So anyway, speaking of the local scene here in Calgary, um, Stampede not running this week, but next week Stampede will be back. However, on Friday night, Calgary there was, was Calgary was invaded by uh, PWA out of Edmonton, Prairie Wrestling Alliance. They put on a show with the main event being AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Now, this main event has changed 20 <laughs> times in the last three weeks. Uh, it was supposed to be originally AJ and Joe. Then it was changed to Hannibal and Teddy Hart taking on AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Um, obviously, night of the show, Ted Hart no-showed. Why did he no-show? Because he has a 90-day no-compete clause. He was fired from the WWE, but he can't wrestle for anybody. Now, I don't know if the bookers knew that that was the case, or what, but again, why waste your money on booking Ted Hart? Well, I, I don't think they spent money booking Ted Hart. I, I think it was a little bit of miscommunication. Nobody really expected to see him there. Of course, okay, okay. he's got a no-compete. You put on the card Teddy Hart, Hannibal versus AJ and Joe. That was on the card, was it not? It was well, advertised? It was, it was not advertised. It was not advertised. It was advertised as AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. It was added later, at a later date, 
but only you know only let out on message boards like local message boards and things like that it wasn't out on any posters it wasn't on Ticketmaster. it ended up being the same main event that was advertised i think it actually would have been kind of an interesting match um to have hannibal <clears throat> and ted team up against samoa joe and aj styles AJ Styles and Ted had a great match a while back in Hawaii and they all have such different styles I think it would have been interesting but the booker also felt that it would be better to have AJ versus Samoa Joe because the next night in Edmonton they were going to be wrestling each other and they're also you know one's a face one's a heel in TNA and they just felt that it didn't make sense to to have them team up so ultimately they didn't have them team up and things went ahead the way they were but a good show I've heard great reviews about it unfortunately we weren't able to attend due to family stuff that was going on but good show and I'm sure there's there's only going to be more to come in Calgary well and I want to say something right now in the chat room you guys are saying card subject to change yes I'm aware of that my point was Ted Hart (laughs) It wasn't anything other than Ted Hart. Once again. But if they could have brought Ted Hart on the card, it would have been great. Look at all the controversy around Ted. But, I mean, come on. Did anybody really expect him to be there? After being released from the WWE, I knew that he wasn't going to be on the show. I even told you that when I first saw that. I'm like, there's no way Ted's going to be there. Well, because he can't. You know, it's, it's bad enough he screwed his family out of the Hart Foundation. And now they're all scrambling to figure out what they're going to do with him, which I don't know why they can't still do the Hart Foundation. It's not like you need Teddy Hart to have a Hart Foundation stable. I agree. And let's face it, his track record, he's pretty much done in the business now. He has nothing. TNA wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. He will never get a chance oh, with the he, WWE. He burned the bridge with TNA, yeah. So where do you go from here, Ted? I mean, are you going to wrestle independents all your life and no-show them? I mean, how does that work? In my opinion, his career is absolutely and utterly dead. So congratulations, Ted. We'll see you at the gym, I guess, uh, when you're working there or something. I don't know. With that being said, I think it's about time we get ready to take a quick commercial break and come back and, and bring everybody the Lucha Libre Lowdown with Santo Loco. Santo. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think I'm okay with that. Sounds good. Let's break. Let's do it. Thank you. 
welcome back to Sunday Night Showdown. We are back live, baby, live. And I do believe... Live. Live. And I do believe we are ready to bring aboard our amigo from south of the border. I'm talking about none other than the one, the only, Santo Loco. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for... The Lucha Libre Lowdown Music, please, Mr. Producer. ¿Qué pasa, gringos? Hey, ¿qué pasa, amigo? How you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How y'all doing, man? I'm glad y'all back on the air. Hey, it's good to be back on the air, and it's good to be back on the air with you, amigo. That's right. That's right. So, I'm glad. So what is going down in the world of Lucha Libre? What's going down? I hope everybody knows what's going down. Now, you don't mind if I go give yourself a little history of the Lucha Libre, huh? Bring it on, man. Break it I'll off. Bring... All right. Let me tell y'all gringos who not used to this. I mean, y'all probably used to watch, some of y'all out there watch WCW back in the good old days, you know, when you had Rey Mysterio, you know, before you had the tattoos, you know, and then you had Juventus, and, you know, Conan was there, you know. That's, I think, majority of the wrestling fans maybe got to introduce Lucha Libre, you know. Well, now, now, hold on. That was back in the day when Rey Mysterio didn't have the Mexican tattoo. I think you wanted to let us all know that he is Mexican. That's right. Because well, well, we can't tell under the mask. Well, exactly. no, you can't tell. Well, of course, you know. <laughs> of course, we all know that he was introduced more in ECW. Remember that? Oh, absolutely. That's right. You know, but we really, you know, we all know the majority of the audience saw him in WCW. And stuff like that, you know. And uh, so as it with Conan, La Parca, you know. But but back with that, you know, with Lucha Libre in Mexico, it's really more of a religion over there. I mean, it's like families will get together. They'll get their grandma, they get grandpa, they get the babies, they get the diapers. And they all go out there and watch Lucha Libre, fill up the stadiums, and make it like a big family event. And not like over here in the United States. Over there, it is like number two after soccer. You know? Right. That's how big it is out there, you know? And, you know, and some of y'all don't know what Lucha Libre means. Lucha Libre means, in English, means free wrestling. Now, not like the free wrestling that TNA does. You, you got my drift there? Oh, I got you there. <laughs> okay, it's Meaning free wrestling, meaning the freestyle of all kinds of styles that go in the ring. You know, people look at Lucha Libre as just like maybe a lot of air, you know, a lot of flying in the air and stuff like that. But really, it's you know, it's a combination of everything. You know, a little chain wrestling. You got really Olympic wrestling going on there. You know, a little all kind of little styles all put in together to make this. You know, to Lucha Libre and stuff. But, right. Right now, um, the promotions you have right now, the two biggest promotions, well, number one, you have CMLL. CML, CMLL was one of the oldest promotions that started. Um, 
Then you have Triple A. Triple A was started from Antonio Pena, who used to work in CMML. Now, originally, CMML right right now, still in this day, has your old style lucha libre matches with three versus three. They call the trios. I don't know if anybody ever seen these type of matches. It's like best out of three falls. You, also have you know, I actually have seen. I, I saw a match like that one time with the uh, the Eddie Guerrero DVD. Uh, Harmon and I were actually kind of confused as to what was going on. Uh-huh. It was a tag team match where I think the loser had to get their head shaved. Correct. It and was it was, a, it was a Eddie hair. and, and I think Art it was a Bar. Hair, wasn't it a hair versus mask? Yeah, it was hair match. versus. It was Eddie and Art Bar taking on. Uh, I can't even remember who they, who they wrestled. Was they were mask guys. Elijo El Santo and El Octagon. Yes. Yeah. yeah. At the that was when, when world collides. Yes. That was it. Yes. Yeah. It was very confusing yes. for somebody that hadn't hadn't seen a match be done that way before. It was very confusing to understand it at first until you get all the way through and and whatnot. So it's awesome that you're coming on here and explaining everything to everybody. Ah, no problem. But I tell you this: when Antonio Pena started Triple A, he wanted to do more of American style with some of the matches. So in a way, he's Right now, to this day, he does the one fall. Also, in Triple A, they one that started the six-sided ring. Okay, so I remember everybody would see TNA with it, but Triple A had it also. But with Triple A, they go back and forth with it. Some some shows they do the regular full ring, and some shows they do the six ring. So you know they oh, give okay. it back. You know they want to change back. Depends what venue they go to. You know that's how they work things out stuff like that. But uh, let me go and talk a little bit about Triple A right now. Over there is where you have a lot of known wrestlers that's been in the United States. Of course, Conan has been out there. You know, he had fallout between TNA and, you know, and, you know, since he had the operation and everything. But before, you know, with the operation, you know, he's been going back and forth from TNA to Triple A. You know, when right. he was being in charge of... Uh, with LAX, and then he was doing a lot of work in Triple H since Antonio Pena died this past year, you know, uh, this past year, last year, excuse me. But, um, you know, he, he's over there. He's like almost the Eric Bischoff of, of that promotion. Um, he's got his, he's a leader of, of, a, of a group of wrestlers over there that's called the Foreign Legion with all these guys that a lot of people are familiar with. You have X-Pac, as we all remember, we all know from uh, WWE, WCW, you know. He's out there with Alicia Webb, his now girlfriend. Alicia Webb wasn't, was known. Wasn't sorry, she wasn't, actually, that's all right, wasn't she actually uh, Ryan Shamrock in the WWE that's briefly? Right. Yeah, that's what that's I was going to ask. <laughs> Very and, good. And so, I was about to bring that up, JJ. You got hey, it. you know what? You, you're on top of things. You're on top of things. Most people remember X-Pac as... As X-Pac, they remember him as Six-Pac, or, hey, most of you dirty pervs out there remember him from One Night in China. Or, or <laughs> One, Two, Three, Kid. That's what you're saying, JJ. You know what? I've and, never seen it. Yeah. You I, I'm not into gay porn, man. I'm sorry. Don't say that in front of Boom Boom. I know you saw it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Loco, keep it on the download. Just so you know that. <laughs> All right. So, he's out there with her. Um, also... Another guy that's been there back and forth who's very good friends with Conan is also Ron the Truth Killings. Um, this past week, he was in a match 
him and uh, X Pac was uh, tagging together, um, and they also, uh, of course, they got beat, and uh, they made they they cornered him, and they made him do a, a Mexican hat dance. They threw the hat on Ronald Trump Killing, and he was dancing away. Then he ran <laughs> off. The- <laughs> oh, you know, I, I got a. I got a funny story about Ron the Truth Killings real quick, if, if you're interested. I uh, actually met him a couple of years ago back in 04. I believe uh-huh. it was July of 04 in Dallas, Texas. There was a, a WrestleCon convention. And we actually, I got to hang out with, with Ron, and I got to hang out with Jerry Lynn. Anyway, we're all at this dinner, and as we're leaving the dinner, uh, they're having this Mexican wedding in the hall right down the um, down the way. And as we're all passing by, uh, the truth goes in and literally just starts blazing a trail on the dance floor. I mean, it's Ron the Truth Killings and like a hundred Mexicans just dancing. I mean, it was surreal. <laughs> it was pretty funny, but it, that's all I got with that. I tell you, man, I've read a lot of stuff. I mean, I don't know, of course, personally, but uh, I heard a lot of good things. They say he's really a fun guy. He is, and the man can move. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah, he does. He can move in the ring, man. I'll tell you. I mean, too bad he's not doing more than what he should be doing, you know, instead of hanging with the Pac-Man, you know? Well, you know, now that the Pac-Man Jones thing is done, I mean, where does this leave Ron the Truth Killings? Is he gone back to AAA, or do you think he stays with TNA? I mean, what happens? Well, I, that I'm not sure. I hope they push him in, in, in TNA. They need him over there. I mean, he, he, he he's somebody who I like to see in the top ranks over there. I mean, he's been there for a while. He had the belt there, you know? I mean, he's got character, you know? And they, they need to use this guy until somebody else picks him up. I mean, I know he's in AAA because he's doing this favor for uh, Conan. You know, they're good friends. Especially when now Conan is trying to, you know, recover him right now. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I can't wait to see Conan back. I miss him dearly on TV. You know, he's one of my favorite all-time wrestlers out there. And, you know, I hope you have a speedy recovery to see him back, you know. And, you know, because he's like, I'll tell you, man, he is incredible in the mic out there in them shows. I mean, even though people love him over there, but they love to hate him. Because he's like, he's a good-ass heel out there in that in AAA promotion, you know. Because I don't know a lot of people know that Conan's not Mexican, you know. He's half Puerto Rican, half uh, Cuban. Right. Of course, he brings that up over there. And he's calling the Mexican Indios. He's calling them all the slang Mexican names you could call them out there. And he's really <laughs> started off, he's really started off a, a, a lot of stuff against them, you know. But another guy that's over there, too, that was in TNA who's injured is, y'all know, Ricky Menderes. No, you heard of him, right? Yeah, isn't he known as Judas Macias or Judas, I messed up my Bacchus? That's right. You know, so far, last thing, of course, I read and heard he was injured at a match at Triple A. Now, um, anybody who wants to watch the Triple A shows, it comes on Galavision, if anybody has that. You know, not call your cable provider or whatever. You know, and the show's are like probably three weeks behind. So, so far, I'm not sure exactly is, you know, if when he got injured, you know, because the last match didn't show it at all. I don't know if it was a house, or, you know, a match that wasn't televised or something. But I'm not sure about how 
you know, how long he's going to be out. But, uh, you know, as you can see in TNA, I'm not sure what your outcome is. I mean, do you think he looks like a threat in TNA? Not with I mean, those you, purple you, shorts. I, I, <laughs> not with not with the uh, the purple shorts. Uh, and, and really, when he debuted, I was actually taken aback because uh, we saw the glove come out from under the ring, and it was it was the gray glove. And I thought, what did he did he break into the WWE's props department and steal the Undertaker's old fucking glove? I mean, what happened there? <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be this monster, you shouldn't have, like, proper wrestling gear. I mean, look at Abyss. Right. He's a monster. Right. He doesn't have the proper wrestling Look at Mankind. He didn't have, you know, proper wrestling gear. But for him to go out there and look like he does, he's just, I don't know. He doesn't come across as the menacing uh, character that he's supposed to be. Now, the, the contacts are spooky. I'll give him that. But that's all he's got, right. honestly. But contacts well, like that are so so all over the place now it's not like when adam bomb had the contacts and they were a little bit freaky because they weren't so so widely available commercially so even the contacts aren't even really freaky because you know you can see right through that too right i don't know i i just don't think judas macias has much of a career in tna and in fact i mean they said he's out indefinitely and i hear he is wrestling for triple a again so uh, who knows? I mean, he could be gone tomorrow. <laughs> well, I think what it is, they're presenting him kind of wrong. Because in AAA, of course, he's not that type of character. In right. AAA, I mean, he has a, he, he wears the same outfits. You know, he comes out with a hood on and stuff like that. He's more in AAA like a cult leader. Like a cult maniac leader, you know? Because right. right now, either he's in Conan's group. But he also runs this other group called La Secta. And La Secta is a group of guys. Any Anybody ever, I mean, do y'all uh, know the group, uh, uh, what's the name of this heavy metal band? It's Cradle of Filth. Have y'all known I've, about You ever seen how them guys look with the white faces and the creepy black lines and stuff like that? Well, these guys heard, look like this. You heard of them? I've, I've heard of them. I've never seen them, but I, I've, okay. I've heard the okay. name. Well, a lot of things also in AAA, in over there, you have a lot of guys, you know, people have this thinking of that a lot of the wrestlers over there are like gangsters. You know, people ask me, oh, oh yeah, like LAX. But there's nothing like that over there. You're looking at rock stars. That's what they almost look like, you know, with the long hair, with the flashy clothes. I mean, you got one group called the Hell Brothers. You can say they're like the, you know, the DX of that promotion. You know, you got Sabinetico, you got a guy called Charlie Manson. And you got, <laughs> yeah, Charlie, man, he is, yeah, he looks like, you know, he comes out with the white face looking like, you know, Marilyn Manson. You know, he comes out nice. with Marilyn Manson music <laughs> with his name Charlie Manson. Well, that's, that's like, hilarious. Yeah, he is, yeah, he is something else here. Yeah. And, then you got this other guy called Chess King. And these three guys are really popular, you know, with the fans. Another guy, yeah, I know you heard of, is La Parker. Remember La Parker? Ah, the chairman. Now, there's a story behind the La Parker thing. Okay. Basically, La Parker that was in WCW, you know, he used to be in the AAA promotion. Well, of course, later on, he kind of broke away from Antonio Pena's AAA. Thing is... You know how Vince McMahon owned rights to names of wrestlers? Right. 
Tanya Pena, excuse me, Tanya, uh, Tanya Pena was the same way. He owned rights to these guys' names. La Parker, he's a dope. You know, after he left, he had to change his name. To, you know, so he now goes as L.A. Park. Uh, I was wondering why he changed his name to L.A. Park. Right. But in AAA, you still have a La Parker. I so, see. Right. So a lot of people are like, but wait a minute. Why is there an L.A. Parker and a La Parker, you know? It's just two different guys all together. It's, it's actually reminiscent of when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash went to WCW, became the Outsiders, and then in a moment of idiocy, the WWE <laughs> came up with this gimmick that Jim Ross would turn heel and debut Scott Hall and Kevin Nash as Diesel and Razor Ramon, only guess what? It wasn't those guys. It was one of my friends here in, in Calgary, Razor Rick Titan, was Razor Ramon too, and Kane was the fake Diesel. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> because, you know, they owned the name. They thought they'd continue the character. Right. You know, oh. I, I don't understand what they were thinking of doing that. I mean, you can get away with that in Lucha Libre because, of course, they're wearing a mask. You can't tell the difference, you know, in a way. You know? Well, you know, you can get away with it in Lucha Libre. You can get away with it in uh, in Japan because, I mean, right. Tiger Mask, there's been like four or five versions of Tiger Mask. It's never right. the same guy. Right. That's right. But I, I I don't know what the WWE was thinking of doing that. Another guy, you know, another guy that's like that too is Psychosis. Oh, yeah? After Psychosis left AAA altogether, he had to t get rid of his name and he could never go as psychosis anymore back in Mexico. In the States, huh. yes. But he, his situation was a little bit different. So you have a different psychosis who still wear a mask in Mexico. So when the other psychosis goes back to Mexico, I'm not sure it was his story right now. I don't know if he's still in jail, whatever he did, you know, with him stealing the man's car. I don't know if y'all heard the news about that. <laughs> but uh, he goes as Nicho and Minerario, you know, so he goes has a different name altogether. So, but he's in a way goes back and forth to AAA now under a different name. You know? Okay. <clears throat> you know? But uh, a lot of other guys are still there. Moving to Guerrero's over there. He's a leader of a, of a group of guys called the Mexican Powers. You know, with my boy Super Crazy. Well, not Super Crazy. My bad. Uh, crazy Boy, who's supposedly related with Super Crazy. Oh, I see. You know? Yeah, and. Uh, then you got this other guy called Joe Lita and this other guy who reminds me a lot of a young Rey Mysterio named Extreme Tiger. I mean, if you look at this guy, I mean, it reminds you so much of the old Rey from ECW. This guy is nuts. This guy goes on top of balconies and just does jumps. You know, he just jumps out the balcony with no problem. He is freaking, right. you, know, you know, he's not scared of nothing. <laughs> it's crazy. That's why he's extreme. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. um Super Calio's there. Remember him? Super Super Calio? Super Calio's there, that's right. The okay. guy with the, the with the silver mask with the fake hat, with the funny hat stitched to the mask. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember him. There. He just lost his mask at uh Triple Mania. That's like the the triple A version of WrestleMania. So now I he's see. a guy wrestling without a mask. 
Now, I, I actually wanted to ask you, have, have you heard anything on Scott Hall? I actually heard recently that Scott Hall was supposed to be wrestling for AAA. Well, so far on TV, uh, they never had mentioned anything about it yet. Uh, if he does, uh, that's one thing I need to check on and see at current events if he did show up. But never, they did not mention him on the show, if he is. If he does, I think he'll be joining uh, Conan's group. Because Conan Groom's being all the outsiders from there. You know, he's got guys from the U.S. He's got guys from uh, Puerto Rico over there. Uh, I don't know if you remember the Headhunters. Headhunter number one's out there with uh, Conan's group. Uh, remember Kenzo Suzuki? Absolutely, I do. He's out there, too. He's like <clears throat> one of the biggest heels over there. Uh, and, you know, the fans love to hate him. He's like one of the biggest heels there. You know? I'm actually still shaking my head at why he was let go in the first place, but, you know, I don't know. I guess creative had nothing for him. Uh, yeah, you know, that's creative for you. <laughs> but the thing with, with Lucha Libre, let me tell you something, man. It tells all the matches and the storylines. The storylines are told in the ring. All right? I don't know. You know it's, I don't think it's nothing to do with, with maybe they don't have the budget or anything or stuff like that to do stuff in the background. I mean, they do some stuff. They do maybe one or two storylines for like some of the uh like the guys that's they, the mid carters. Right. For the main eventers, man, I'm telling you, man, everything is told in the ring. You know. You know what? And that's the way wrestling's supposed to be. I I prefer right. to see uh what's going on in the ring as opposed to say Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler completely talking over a match and talking about other stuff totally ignoring the talent that's busting their ass in the ring for right. you, that to me just doesn't fly. So you know what? If Lucha Libre can provide that, then I think we should all check out Lucha Libre. You gotta check it out. That's right. Another thing also, you go back to TNA. Look at how the mother guys out there, the way they have to say every little thing. They have to say, oh look, he's doing the punch, the right kick, he hit him with the toe. You don't have to do all of that, man. I mean, Triple A, they don't go to play by play by play also. That's another thing. You know, they do it at ease. The announcers do everything at, at ease with what's going on in the ring. And that's how I think it should be done also. You know, not with all of this. We're watching it. You don't need the play by play. You know? No, you're absolutely right. It kind of gives that, that independent feel. I love going to an indie show and... You're not hearing the announcers talk. You're just seeing the action as it happens, and I think that works. And I absolutely despise going to an independent promotion where they're talking play-by-play -play on the PA system. Oh, my God, the referee didn't see that. He didn't see that. Well, he could fucking hear it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, but with that being said, Santo, anything else you want to talk about on the wrap-up here with the Lucha Libre lowdown? Well, I guess... We'll be look. I'll be looking at to see what other new storylines or you know what anything that's come up, you know later on. I mean anybody who's in the forums, I'll be putting probably like little uh, you know little bayous or some of the lucha libre uh wrestlers that people ain't familiar with or some that you do familiar with. You know I'm gonna play around with the forums and add something like that, and also talk a little bit with the promotions and stuff. Man, I'm gonna try to get more involved in there. And uh, for people to check out the forms and stuff, you know. And also, uh, if you don't mind if I plug this right quick. Plug uh, whatever you want, my friend. I mean, if anybody want to check out my MySpace, 
you know, just go out there at the, at the Sunday night showdown. And I know he got me in the friends list. Go check out my videos. And I got a few, uh, you know, Lucha Libre videos that I made up with some music in the background, you know, so check that out. But but JJ and Bumo, thanks for having me, you know. You know, later on I'll be hopefully to give some new news and stuff, breaking news of Lucha Libre, you know. And uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, this past Sunday, this past week, had a lot of guys that that came back that kind of surprised everybody, you know. I mean, I don't think it's that big here in the states, but over there is a big thing. I mean, like one guy, Halloween. Remember Halloween? I remember Halloween. Yeah. Well, he just jumped ship from CML to Triple A, so they made a big deal with that, and he jumped on Hoovy's group and beat him up and all that with 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 the freaking. Uh, with you, you know, with light bulbs and stuff, you know, with with the, and, and it was incredible how how he did that. But um, nice. I mean, they're doing a lot of a lot of guys are leaving CMLL and jumping ship to Triple A. And uh, the biggest news last thing I read was Doctor Wagner, and I'm looking to see if he is jumping ship. So I guess we'll see, you know. But you know, but thanks for having me, and uh, you know, I guess I go to sign out. Viva sounds, Rasa! Sounds good, Loco. We'll catch you in a couple of weeks with the Lucha Libre Lowdown via Condios, my friend. With that being said, it's time to cut to commercial break, and we'll be right back with independent wrestling sensation and star of the new reality show, Wrestling Reality, Scott Savage. We'll be right back after these commercial messages.
Welcome back to Sunday Night Showdown. The following segment is brought to you by Wrestling Reality. Make sure you check out www.wrestlingreality.com to find out all of the latest news and show times. So that was my little <laughs> my little promo on the way back. Um, but we do now have with us on the line indie sensation and star of the new wrestling reality, um, I guess, reality show that is going to be debuting on the Fight Network. We did have a little bit of a preview a couple weeks ago, um, but we're going to be heading into a full season here. So everybody, welcome to the show, Scott Savage. Hi, Hermie. Thanks for the plug there. I don't know if I told myself indie sensation, <laughs> but... Uh... Thanks for the thanks for the rub. Well, I I mean you you've wrestled all across Canada. You've wrestled in the U.S. You were you were number three hundred ninety five in the PW Insider um, top five hundred. So I mean that that's got to say something out of all of the the indie people that are out there. Well, thanks. Yeah. That's that's that pretty sensational. So, I so you one. dropped. <laughs> well, you, you did have the 395, so so that's pretty good. That's right. That's right. So what have you been up to lately, Scott? Uh, well, as you were saying, we just did the wrestling reality, and uh, that's getting ready to hit the airways on the Fight Network, and we're all very excited about that. Uh, we taped that actually back in uh, last spring, back in April and May. Okay. So... Uh, since then it's been edited and I guess it's been traveling all over the world uh, the guy who produced it Greg Hemmings he's uh, he's world famous actually he's been he actually is from the Maritimes he lives in St. John's or St. John New Brunswick but he goes all over the world and shoots different documentaries and uh, he became the producer for the Wrestling Reality Show and everybody was very excited with that and uh, they actually I think they went over to Asia to edit it oh wow and traveling around and uh, just all set to the fight network now have you the preview last week or a couple weeks ago. I did see it. It was it was pretty neat. It was something you know that we definitely haven't seen in in any other form for wrestling. I mean, it goes way deeper than like beyond the mat did at all. Now, is this is this a wrestling promotion or is it a bunch of indies that have indie um, wrestlers that have come together and formed this wrestling reality or? Oh uh, well, what it is is. Wrestling Reality itself is the television show, but it's also the name of the promotion. And uh, when you watch the television show, you're, you're going to see like the half hour of the behind-the-scenes stuff, and then about an hour or so of the actual wrestling matches. Okay. So, uh, you're going to get to see both worlds. You're going to get to see it in front of the camera, in front of the fans performing for Wrestling Reality, wrestling promotion. Then the show, Wrestling Reality, is all the behind-the-scenes and us on the road and at the gym and at the hotels and at the restaurants and traveling and uh, let's just say there's going to be lots of interesting things it's going to be a show you don't want to miss because I was there when they were taping it and uh, I can't wait to see the full full season okay now I did go on the, the website there to check that out and it you know it talks about some of the things that are going to be in the in the documentary part of it and they they're going to be touching on things that that wrestlers deal with on an everyday basis so they're going to be talking about the drug use steroid use injuries that come up and you know the emotions the ups and the downs that you have to deal with on a day-to-day basis um is there anything thing more that you can get into with that um i think you covered a lot of it there like uh there's some very interesting people on the story there the main guy of the show is peter smith he's actually uh right now the champion in england and over in europe he's over there wrestling and uh 
it focuses a lot on his life. Okay. And uh, he's been all over the world. I believe he's heading to Korea in a couple of weeks, too, after he gets back from England. And so it's going to spend a lot of time showing, like, big names who have been all over the world and how they deal with uh, with their travel and the stress and the workout and the injuries and the bruises, like you were saying. And then it also focuses on a lot of the younger guys, like me and... Uh, well, I don't know how much it's actually going to focus on me, but uh, it's gonna, there's a lot of young guys in there, so it focuses on us, like the difference between us and them and just like a full you know full circle of what the wrestling business will be like okay no it's I, I mean I saw the, the the first episode and I'm definitely looking forward to it especially since it's going to be 90 minutes and you are going to get that documentary and you are going to get the matches and the promos so I think that's that's really great now in the the little teaser the the half hour episode that they gave us a few weeks back on the Fight Network I did notice that that you had some some pretty good mutton chops going there. Sideburns, yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, the truth is, uh, I don't think they grow in those for about two weeks. Really? And, uh, <laughs> and when I showed up, uh, I think everybody was jealous of me, so they uh, they made me sh- shave them off because they were making them look foolish. I, Not I, the sideburns, <laughs> but uh, the rest of them were because they, they can't grow facial hair like me. Okay. Well, well, with with facial hair like that, I don't think you're ever going to go bald. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did you feel when, um, oh, what was her name? Um, starts with a K, I think. Krista. Krista. How, how did you feel when she when she came out when when people were looking for a razor and came out with her bikini razor for you to use? You know that was uh, that was a little odd. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I really don't know how to I didn't know how to respond to it at the moment. And I don't know how to respond to it right now, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, different. A L- little awkward. A little awkward at the, at the moment, yeah. <laughs> now, are is Wrestling Reality doing a little tour right now to promote or anything like that? Well, no, actually, uh, at the moment, most of the wrestlers, like we're saying, the main guy Peter is back over in England and. Uh, most see most of us are independent workers, so most of us are just working at different places right now. But uh, I think the Fight Network's putting a lot of promotion behind it, so okay. uh, they're doing the, most of the main promoting right now. Okay, so then are you? What are you doing on the Indies? What are what's the indie scene look like in the East Coast right now? Well, uh, last month actually we just had uh, actually a really big tour of uh, Newfoundland. We did uh, sixteen dates. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, a bunch in uh, Nova Scotia, and then we did, went over and did a 10 days straight in, uh, over in Newfoundland, and that was a really good tour. There were some guys up in the United States, and uh, yeah, I am from Vancouver, and some guys in from Montreal, and uh, Cowboy Mike Hughes, who's also part of Wrestling Reality, he, he was there, and uh, we went all across Newfoundland. We had a, a really good tour there, lots of, lots of pretty funny stories over there that happened <laughs> on the road, and lots of good houses. Care to share any of those stories with uh, our, with our yeah, one or two I, listeners? I can share one. Uh, there's this guy. Uh, he's he's not a wrestler. He's new to the wrestling business, but he's like already over sixty. And uh, oh wow! He, yeah, he's uh, his name is Wiener because uh, he can take full hot dogs uncooked and okay. swallow them. He can take a full pack of hot dogs and swallow them whole. And uh, he's quite the eccentric man. If you ever get a chance to get, get a chance to meet him. So, uh, he's in charge of the ring crew, in quotation marks. <laughs> okay. And, uh, so we're all right in the back of the, it wasn't a glamorous tour as far as, uh, conditions. We were right in the back of the ring truck, and we're back there with Wiener, a great big Q fan. 
Wiener had been uh, or eating whatever he was eating and drinking whatever he was drinking, and he had some some gas, and uh, he kept uh, letting off gas. Oh. And we're just in the back of the rain truck, and he'd be like, "Oh, let another one go," and then he'd laugh and try to fan it over at us and stuff. And, and like, I know, Wiener, you know, sit down, stop doing that. I know those those vans when you when you do your tours. I know they get pretty crammed full of people too. So yeah. So uh, so is back there, uh, you know, doing doing what he's doing, and then all of a sudden, uh, I don't know how much you can say on the air, but uh, something slipped whatever out you want, and uh, left a, a bit of a stain on the oh. back of his pants. Oh. Yeah. And so. The truck didn't have a little door to go through to the cab. We were, like, lost back there. Oh. So we all start banging on the like, the walls of the truck going, stop the truck, Wiener, Wiener soiled his pants. Ooh. <laughs> so uh, eventually they pulled over a gas station, and Wiener had to get out some clothes and, you know, wander into this gas station in the middle of nowhere in Newfoundland and uh, go clean himself up. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, oh. so that was, uh, that was a pretty funny story on the trip. If I ever get a chance to get out there and and work some dates um, I will be sure to stay very very far away from Mr. Wiener that, you can't he follows everywhere <laughs> and he's got a, he's got a story for everything he's always like I tell you back in my day and he just goes off wow yeah it was a it was a really good tour we had some really good houses and uh, actually the main event every night was uh, the double main event it was the battle of the giants and there was there's a guy up who's uh, seven feet tall from the states, and he wrestled Cowboy Mike Hughes. And then uh, they did a Money in the Bank ladder match every night. Okay. And so they had uh, four four to five participants every night doing a, doing a ladder match, and that was pretty uh, that was pretty fun. And did you get a chance to get in on that? I did. I got the chance to get in on the ladder match uh, pretty much every night, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the tour, we were a little, little beaten up, but uh, yeah, oh, I can imagine. Yeah, it was a good time. And now you were out in, uh, you were out in Cape Breton a few weeks ago That's as well. Two weeks ago, they had a, a big show, Autumn Aggression, there for ECPW East Coast Pro Wrestling, and oh, the Newfoundland tour was called Mainstream Wrestling. Mainstream, okay. Yeah, and uh, they had for the Sydney, North Sydney, and Cape Breton, we had uh, Tito Centeno was in, and uh, TNA star Bobby Roode was up. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and they they had a really good match. They worked the main event. No, um... Well, now, hold on. Before you say that, you said Tito actually wrestled a match. Oh. Uh, we actually had a had a match scheduled with Tito here in Calgary for the Bad News Allen Memorial, but he actually flew in, did his match with Jim Neidhart, and flew out. Nobody really said two words to him. Was it, was it similar with Tito there, or... Uh, I mean, no, he was in the locker room, and he was telling stories, and he was, uh... Helping out some of the, some of us younger guys and talking to us, and then I actually left right after the show. We had to get back to Halifax. My ride did, so uh, it was okay. like a five hour ride. So mm-hmm. I didn't stay around after. I don't know what went on after, but uh, you know, he stayed he stayed around. It was great in the locker room, chatted with everybody, and helped us out. Uh, that's pretty cool. I know you've you've had a chance to to work with some some pretty cool guys. Um, Honky Tonk Man a few years ago, didn't you? Yeah, Honky Tonk yeah. Man. Uh, he did the first inaugural tour of Newfoundland with us and uh, got to spend two weeks in a car uh, listening to him tell his stories and uh, break down the wrestling business for us. That was uh, that was pretty incredible. Were you were you on that same tour in Newfoundland um, last year with Natty and Sarah um, Stock? 
Uh, no, actually, I, I missed that. That time last year, I was down in Mexico wrestling. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, I missed that tour. I had uh, I'd been thinking about going on it, but it just didn't work out. So. Okay. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that you you'd been out to Mexico. How was yeah. that? Oh, it was great. The, the wrestling down there is really different, but uh, I really enjoyed it, and I I want to go back pretty soon. No, I, I remember um, you were out here in Calgary for a little bit, um, and you were working out with a company that I was training with at the time, um, the defunct HWC, and we were learning different different things. We were learning the North America way, we were learning the Japanese way, and then we were also learning the Mexican way. And I I remember it was just so different. Everything, you know, it's a totally different side that you work and everything is high spot and, and whatnot. How did you find find the change as far as your wrestling style went when you were in Mexico? Uh, it was pretty different. W- one of the main things I had to get used to was uh, was the psychology because most of the matches are six-man tags. Yeah. And uh, just the way that, uh, like, there's no there's no tagging in and out. Like, you can just come in pretty much whenever you, whenever you need to. And there's usually two referees and the one referee is a heel and one, one's a face. Well, depending on what referee is looking where, some things are illegal and some things aren't. So uh, and with the language barrier, it was uh, it took a while to get used to exactly, you know, what was going on in the ring at a certain time with, like, six bodies flying around plus the two referees, and the referees fly around a lot too. So. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I was just reading... Um, Bret Hart's book that just came out this past week and he was talking about when he was over in Japan um, they actually um, they actually didn't have much of a language barrier everybody in Japan knew like everything all of the English words for everything as, as well as some of the the Spanish words for things so you didn't find that in Mexico? I had a I pretty much learned all the Spanish terms for most of the most of the moves yeah but, okay uh, it, it was it was pretty broken for a while. Sometimes it was funny. Sometimes someone would say something uh, and translate it in English, but the English translation isn't what it really is in English. Oh. And you'd just be like, one time uh, someone was like, "Frog, frog, frog," and I was just like, I was running at the time. Yeah. Like frog. Uh, what in the world is a frog? But uh, it actually translates sunset flip. Oh my goodness! So yeah, cause... so I was like. Frog. Oh man, this is gonna be bad. <laughs> I mean, when I would, when, if I was to hear frog, I would instantly think leapfrog. But if it's not a leapfrog at all, I could imagine that there would be some some collisions and some injuries that would come out of that. Thankfully, there was no uh, no collision and no injury, but uh, I was worried. <laughs> good, good. Well, Scott, I know that we had to make this this interview short you've got a lot of stuff going on right now um yeah. but i do want to definitely thank you for coming on oh i appreciate it i appreciate and... it thanks for uh inviting me on and uh just reminds everybody wrestling reality i think it actually uh i was checking it out starts november 6th is what uh is when i think it starts, starts showing on the fight network okay and you can also go to wrestlingreality.com yeah. um and it's got links there it's awesome it's got links to the, their myspace got links to find out um, different place, different uh, stations that ca- or companies that carry the Fight Network so people can check that out um, they can check out the MySpace page or even even the fightnetwork.com will give you all that information and I think there's a, I think there's a Facebook uh, link on there too oh there's a Facebook as well yeah which is uh, quite popular these days so uh, make sure everybody gets on there and checks it out and see when, see when, sees when it's on the air 
Absolutely, absolutely, and hopefully we'll be able to bring you back on again, Scott, once we once we actually see everything. Yeah. Um, hang on the phone here for a second. We're going to take a quick break here. So everybody stay tuned. After the break, we're going to be talking some MMA with Punishment Radio's Adam Martin.
and welcome back to Sunday Night Showdown. And yeah, you're hearing the music in the background. That can only mean exactly one thing, that it is time for one of our featured guests of the night, Adam Martin of WrestleView and also Punishment Radio, to come on board to Sunday Night Showdown and let us know everything that's going on, especially after last night's UFC 77 card. Adam Martin, welcome to the show, my friend. Ah, thank you very much. It's... uh good to be here and it's been fun to uh try to get <laughs> this whole stuff to work tonight Hi, yeah exactly Adam. it's been fun though i haven't i haven't really done it from this uh this perspective before so it's uh it's nice it's refreshing hi adam hi harmony <laughs> yeah she was about to get mad at you man you ignored her the first time oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm trying to make sure all the levels are sounding good you know i gotta i'm multitasking at the moment so well yeah for those of you who don't know actually adam martin is actually producing the show tonight so that's what he's talking about, if you're not really sure what's going on. Adam is producing the show, and now he's come aboard to talk some uh, mixed martial arts. Wow, we've had a pretty stacked show tonight. We've had some some great guests on, and, and just to top it all off with Adam Martin. But um, before we actually talk to you, Adam, about MMA, we do need to get a question out there for TNA. Okay. Um, I, I said before um, that we were going to have two questions for people for our TNA Bound for Glory giveaway. The first question is... Oh, you're going to put me on the spotlight. Absolutely. Okay, well, since we're giving away a Bound for Glory prize pack, I'm thinking we should stick with Bound for Glory as the theme for the first question, at least. Uh, So I'm going to say I want to know who won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship at the first ever Bound for Glory, that would be 2005's Bound for Glory. Good question. Hopefully, somebody knows the answer. I, I would and think. I would think a lot question. of people. People would have to know that. Come on, that was two years ago. It was two. That's years ago. a lot of time, though. I mean, if you think in Vince's terms, we for, are supposed to forget things after two weeks. Well, I don't know. I mean, that that was that one was pretty memorable because that was when they came on Spike Television, and uh, well, hey. <laughs> I, I would be shocked if somebody didn't get that answer. Seriously, I'd be shocked. But it it is a two-part question, though, or a, a two-part step. There's okay. going to be two questions. So wait until you hear the second question before you uh, private message me. Make sure you're signed up in the forums. You cannot win if you can't go into private message me in the forums. So that's that. Fair Let's enough. talk some MMA. There's a lot of stuff that's been happening lately, guys. Yeah, there's been a lot, and I guess if we wanted to give it a wrestling spin, because I know a lot of people that, you know, maybe listen to your show are not really into the whole mixed martial arts. I, I do find it very interesting that a lot of websites, a lot of radio shows like yourselves, um, you guys have started incorporating uh, mixed martial arts into your show. To me, and I, I made this debate, I've always said this, and I know a lot of people just, I don't know, they, maybe they didn't agree quite a bit, but I always thought that the demographics were kind of the same. I thought that wrestling and mixed martial arts are very similar i mean there's video packages to build up matches there's entrances that are very i mean they're not as gaudy as wrestling but they do they're pretty dramatic and emotional get you into it i i still see a correlation between mixed martial arts and wrestling with the exception of one being entertainment one being a sport but i i do find it interesting that you know there there are a lot of websites that used to just cover wrestling that are now incorporating that i have no intentions of doing that with wrestling because Mixed martial arts is my break from wrestling, which is nice to have once in a while. Which was which was last night, which was a uh, UFC seventy seven, which was in Cincinnati. Now, I, I mean, part of mixed martial arts is wrestling, so I would think that it it would 
it would be something that a lot of people who enjoy wrestling would enjoy. Yeah, but it's also that amateur wrestling, though, and there's a lot of people that may watch pro wrestling that have no interest in the amateur side of pro wrestling. And uh, there's not the showboating. Exactly, you're gonna get you're gonna get more technical. It's gonna go more to the ground. A lot of takedowns. So I don't know. I've I've had a lot of people tell me that they just can't get into it, and that's fine. I'm not you know upset if somebody who watches pro wrestling can't get into it, but. I just find the unpredictability of it to be a little bit more exciting than wrestling because if you had watched, re- I mean, you could watch wrestling for five years and pretty much guess what's going to happen ninety percent of the time. I mean, it's just you, you become a a follower of that product. You you have an idea of, of how whether it's WWE, TNA, or whether it was back in the day with WCW and ECW. But with mixed martial arts, you know, you're judging somebody on their previous fights and you have no idea how it's going to end. So that's why I find it a little bit more exciting than uh, wrestling. Not to say wrestling's not exciting anymore, but I do feel like it's lost. Uh, the edge that it, it once had a few years ago. Oh, come on, Adam. Don't be politically correct. It ha- it's not as exciting as it used to it's be. It's boring. But- <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it is boring. But, I mean, if we're talking wrestling and MMA, I mean, there was a huge thing that came up last night um, with a former WWE champion. Yeah, uh, Brock Lesnar, who they've been uh, in talks with for a while. He was in the front row. And they were uh, they were teasing a uh, big announcement on the pay per view last night, and he was uh, you could t- basically see him in the front row, and I was not sure if that was going to be the announcement. The other announcement I thought it might would have been was they were going to announce Chuck Liddell and uh, Vanderlei Silva for uh, either November or December. I was guessing it was going to be in December. That was going to be that's kind of a for for people unfamiliar with mixed martial arts, that's a dream fight that a lot of uh, MMA fans want to see Chuck Liddell and Vanderlei Silva with Vanderlei Silva just signing a deal with the UFC, but. Brock Lesnar was there. They interviewed him. Uh, Joe Rogan ex- accidentally called him Brock Larson because there's another mixed martial arts fighter in a promotion that UFC owns called WC, whose name is Brock Larson. And so he kind of s- screwed up the interview at the beginning. But uh, Lesnar, <laughs> they, they confirmed that Lesnar has signed a two-year contract with the UFC. I just found out today that the goal is to possibly have him debut in February of 2008 on February 2nd, which is Super Bowl weekend. They had a card last year on Super Bowl weekend that was really good. Uh, that pay-per-view uh, was really, really good. That's all the debuts of uh, Miracle Crow Cop and Quentin Rampage Jackson. And uh, that, that had the big uh, famous main event between uh, Anderson Silva and Travis Luter, where uh, Travis Luter was supposed to get a title shot, but because he didn't make weight the day before, they stripped him of that uh, title opportunity. But the whole stuff with Brock Lesnar, it's really interesting because uh, it's, it's interesting for me just you know having seen Brock start out where he did uh, and then leave the business around WrestleMania 20, tried to become a football player with the Minnesota Vikings. And then he got into mixed martial arts, and he had been training for a year with uh, Hoist Gracie. We saw him debut this past June. It wasn't the most impressive debut. Uh, it was basically him just getting a quick takedown and hitting the guy so hard that the guy tapped out, and he, he wasn't fighting anybody that was going to be a real test. And I, I have I've read. I, I'm a big fan of all the mixed martial arts websites. I, I visit any kind of mixed martial arts website, probably the most popular one, is SureDog.com, and a majority of the things I'm reading there is that, you know, they they all know who Brock Lesnar is, but they also don't think he deserves after one fight to sign a deal. But I think what Dana White's doing is he's, he's seen it as a, a big marketing ploy. He knows that that Brock Lesnar had a following in the WWE. He knows that he could bring in excitement, bring in ratings, bring in buy rates. So that's probably one of the strongest reasons why he signed Lesnar, even though Lesnar's only had one fight and it wasn't very impressive. Well, you know, the thing I find funny about Brock Lesnar making the jump to MMA, I mean, obviously, he did have the one fight, and I agree. 
I don't think he should sign with UFC based on his one fight. The guy that he fought was a joke in the first place because the guy that was originally scheduled to fight him couldn't get his work visa or couldn't compete for some weird reason. I don't remember the exact details, but I'm sure you do. Um, I just I don't think it's right. And Joe Rogan didn't even call him Brock Larson. And then and they did call him the alpha male of all things. Well, obviously, it's utterly ridiculous. Obviously, Joe Rogan isn't a wrestling fan. No, he's not. And, and Joe Rogan and I know you were saying some things to me last night, JJ, about Joe Rogan. And say what you want about the guy, but he has—he's uh, probably one of the smartest guys to talk to about mixed martial arts. And that's why he's refreshing to me as a commentator with the UFC because he does commentary with Mike Goldberg. And Mike Goldberg was somebody that WWE was talking to, bringing in to replace Jim Ross a couple years ago. But uh, Mike Goldberg is very, very good at what he does. But he's kind of the the the, the straight guy, the, the 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 commentator guy who does the promos, the plugs. He he's very good at describing a situation. But when it comes to actually observing a fight, you know, letting you know what move is going to happen, what could possibly happen, that's why Joe Rogan's there. And it's honestly, you know, I probably would have made the same mistake because um, if I wasn't a wrestling fan, because obviously Joe Rogan knew who he was, but he wasn't somebody that he followed like we would as a wrestling fan. And, uh, you know, it, Brock Larson's a great, great fighter in the WC, and I actually got, you know, I, I found that even more confusing when I would I would accidentally call him Brock Lesnar sometimes because of the mix-up. So, it, you know, I'm not, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, you know, Lesnar kind of laughed at it and started choking him and was joking around with him, but it was no big deal. But in the whole alpha male thing, I mean, how many people really know who Monty Brown is? I mean, he had, I don't even think he had that big of a following in TNA, and then when he came to the WWE, he wasn't Monty Brown, he was Marcus Corvon. They did call him the alpha male there, but... To me, the alpha male is a very common description of somebody like that, and it's not something that, I don't know, like to re- like wrestling fans are like, oh my god, I couldn't believe you called him the alpha male, but to me, it's just like, you know, I mean, it was just a, a quick description, but the, the main thing with the Brock Lesnar thing is, I'm interested to see who they put him in there first, because I, I don't want to see them, you know, stick him in there with some huge name in the UFC, because he, quite frankly, doesn't deserve that. You know, don't put him in there with Tim Sylvia right away, or Noguera, or even Chuck Congo, or... You know, maybe maybe Heath Herring. I don't know. It's a possibility. I mean, you really have to analyze the heavyweight uh, roster that the UFC has right now. But um, I just hope they don't stick him in there with somebody that's just a huge, huge name because he does. I mean, he does have a two-year contract with them, but he does need to prove himself. And the ultimate goal for him is to get a shot at the heavyweight title, which that whole situation is a whole other story with Randy Couture recently uh, resigning from the UFC and vacating the title. That's that's what we think. I mean, he could still come back. We're not sure yet. But uh, the Brock Lesnar thing is very interesting. I just, we, like, like for people like us who are wrestling fans, we find it exciting to see him try something else. But for mixed martial arts fans, they know who he is, but they also they, they don't want to give him a chance despite his really uh, rich background in, in NCAA amateur wrestling. Well, you know, let's hope for Brock Lesnar's sake that he doesn't end up like Don Fry this past weekend <laughs> and get knocked the fuck out in his first fight. But as far as Joe Rogan is concerned, yeah, he's... He obviously is an expert in the field of mixed martial arts, but as far as professional wrestlers who have entered the sport, accuracy is not a factor. Well, and and as far as people saying, oh, they stole Monty Brown's gimmick, um, people, he has no gimmick. He's gone back to the Serengeti. He's bye-bye. He's gone. It's over. I don't even, yeah, I didn't really see it as a, you know, I I mean, I, I, I kind of snickered when he said it, but I mean, I thought it was a... It was an okay description for people. I mean, there was. I mean, I and again, this was another debate too. I mean, there was a lot of people that preferred they would have gone after Fedor Emelianenko, who's considered the best heavyweight in the world, and they tried to go after him and try to sign him, uh, so, so they could have him fight Randy Couture. But there was a, there was a big debate going on. Would would you rather see Randy Couture fight Fedor or Randy Couture fight Brock Lesnar? More people probably know who Brock Lesnar is than Fedor, 
and I, I just I don't, I don't know if how mixed martial arts fans I think they're they're very sketchy to to take anything seriously when it involves a former pro wrestler I don't even I, honestly if if he had never gone to the WWE I doubt we'd be hearing the kind of things we're doing but he also made a name there he made a name for himself people know who he is even if they weren't a wrestling fan they know he's a former WWE star or champion whatever you want to refer to him as so that that's going to work to his advantage his his first fight is supposedly going to be in February of 2008 which is on one of their bigger cards of the year. They they don't really UFC doesn't really have a WrestleMania every year. They just have they just stack they have really really good stack cards and they have really good fights that they span on over the course of, you know, 3 4 5 6 months that you have coming up. But if he debuts in February and they put him in there with someone somewhat decent on a Super Bowl card, I mean, I I think you could draw very well. I think there's going to be a lot of interest to see how he performs cuz he fought in a ring the first time. He didn't fight in a cage. It's completely different to fight in a cage than it is to fight in a ring. So I'm really interested to see who they put him in there with and how well he'll do. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'm very interested in seeing that. Did you hear any of the, the news that I was talking about earlier as far as Don Fry is concerned? Which is funny because I actually had something special in store for tonight that kind of fell through at the last minute. I was going to invite over uh, most of the long-term fans that used to listen to Wrestle Talk Radio uh, in its infancy for the first couple of years it was around. Uh, might be familiar with this guy, Dr. William Maybrick, who was a huge uh, mixed martial arts fan. He was actually going to come over tonight and be a, be a part of the show. Um, however, we couldn't get that to uh, come to fruition because he wanted to bring Don Fry along uh, as a radio guest tonight. And coming on the air, we found out that Don Fry was involved in a couple of uh, couple of fights. Yeah, I mean, there was week. there was this big fan fest in uh, San Francisco, and uh, they they called it the Wrestle Fan Fest. It was at the Cow Palace, and. Uh, Dave Meltzer and, and PW Insider and a few other websites have been kind of covering and I guess, I mean, they, they had brought a lot. I mean, Kevin Nash was supposed to be there. Scott Hall was supposed to be there. Um, but they pulled out. Kurt Angle was supposed to be there and he pulled out. Said he had a stomach virus. Um, apologize, he couldn't be there. They did book uh, Steve Austin well in advance. They booked a few TNA guys well in advance. Anybody that they booked well in advance was already paid and flown in however they were. I know Steve Austin was flown in first class, but anybody that, that was booked ahead of time Already was paid, ready to go when they showed up. The problem is, is there was a lot of it, it was going to be a mix of an MMA show, a wrestling show, and then Ring of Honor was supposed to run an event today, which I do think still happened. And it was supposed to be this kind of like three day weekend, big big show. And it turns out that the promoters for the show they didn't end up paying a lot of the wrestlers, they didn't end up paying a lot of the mixed martial art fighters, and it just a lot of guys got stiffed. If they did get a check, they would it would bounce on them. And it it basically, for the lack of a better term, it became a, just a giant clusterfuck when it was supposed to be well thought out, well organized, well planned, and all these people are showing up. And I was I was told, you know, Steve Austin and Vince Russo showed up, and they were just completely, you know, confused. They didn't know where to go, where they were supposed to be sitting, where, where like what time they were supposed to be somewhere. It was just really really confusing. And the promoters um, were basically confronted by a lot of people. I know one of the promoters was confronted by Scott Steiner. The other one was confronted by Don Fry. I allegedly Don Fry had been drinking, and I guess he got into a scuffle with uh, one of the bodyguards for Leland Chaplin. So if you guys know who the Chaplins are, that's uh, Dougie Bonnehunter's son, and he's actually been an MMA fighter for a while in Hawaii, and uh, he was booked for the show. And his bodyguard, I guess, <clears throat> took a cheap shot at Don Fry, and then Don Fry took him down, and you know, took him with a single leg and hit a couple punches, and I, I guess he got cheap shot. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of details. I don't know what's true, what's not true. We're just kind of hearing a lot of stuff coming in and. 
the Wrestling Observer and the Figure Four Weekly have done a really good job of wrapping everything up. I know Mike Johnson over at PWInsider.com had a nice little wrap-up, too, of a summary of what he was told, but it's been just a giant, uh, just a giant headache for that whole Wrestle Fan Fest, and they... They, I mean, I, I remember getting emails six months ago promoting this thing and how all these big names were going to be there, and you know they had they had booked Kurt Angle and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and Steve Austin and Vince Russo and China and Crimes and all all these people, and a majority of the people got stiffed with their money. They didn't get paid, and the promoters took off earlier this morning so they wouldn't have to be confronted by anybody. And it, it just, I mean, this this tends to happen quite often. There was another fan fest earlier, I think about a, about a few weeks ago, that the same thing happened too, and. I don't know these these fan fests. They 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 sound like good ideas, but when, when so much money's involved and so many people have to be paid, it just seems like they all end up you know blowing up in somebody's face. Well, and uh, before I say anything, I just want to say that's what happens when you fuck with Leland. But moving along, um, <laughs> I heard I heard I Leland know. was the guy who was really instigating the fight. I mean, I guess I guess there was some comments made uh, between some of the pro wrestlers and the MMA fighters, like the MMA fighters. Like I I heard Leland Chaplin was taking a few shots at some of the wrestlers and saying, oh, you guys are stupid and it's fake, you know, nobody watches that no. crap anyways. And that's what kind of instigated nice. it. So, I, I you know, I, I, I like Dog nice. the Bounty Hunter, but at the same time, you know, <laughs> it, it wouldn't surprise me if he did something like that. But I, I heard Leland Chaplin was the one who was really instigating the stuff, and that's how a lot of the fights went down with Don Fry. So, I don't know, take it for uh-huh. what you you know, I don't know. <laughs> that's what one source said. Well, you I, know, as far as Don Fry is concerned, uh, we will probably get him on the show in the next couple of weeks because Dr. William Maybrick is... We'll have his way with him. Oh, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> now, Dr. William Maybrick is, is going to schedule Don Fry. We can get all this cleared up and find out straight from Don Fry exactly what happened, or at least his version of what happened. But uh, with that being said, as far as the uh, UFC is concerned right now, I mean, with Randy Couture retiring, what, where does that leave? Uh, so There's a void there. I mean, do you think anybody's going to really fill that void right now? That was a sad day. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a big void. Uh, the problem is, is that he's still under contract. He hasn't. He he's resigned. He said he's vacated the title. The problem is, and I, this is one of the things that Dana White's been addressing. He said that you know Randy has a a Hollywood agent in his ear right now. And at, at the same time, I can completely understand why Randy pulled out the way he did. Basically, to to summarize in a quick version of what happened was. <laughs> They were going after Fedor Emelianenko, who was the Pride Heavyweight Champion. He was considered to be pound for pound, you know, one of the best mixed martial artists alive today, especially in the heavyweight division. And Randy Couture made it very clear to them that, you know, he, he is he's 44. He just came out of retirement last year. He really only wanted to fight Fedor, and he told them, go after him and I'll fight him. They went after him. They couldn't come to a deal. And then when, when it was announced that Fedor signed with the M1 promotion overseas, that's when Randy Couture basically sent a fax to Dana White saying, listen, I'm... I have nothing left to prove at 44 years old. I'm vacating the, the heavyweight title. And, and and the UFC is basically taking that as a retirement, even though Randy Couture said he's never retired. But since he has two fights left on his contract, if he ever did come back and want to fight again, he'd have to fulfill those fights with Dana White and with the Ultimate Fighting Championship. So there is a void to be to be left. I mean, there's there's been times like this when you know a champion decides they want to leave. And uh, Tito Ortiz did this a couple years ago when he was a light heavyweight champion. So, I mean, it's it's possible that... You know he could come back at a later time. They're gonna definitely determine who's gonna be the number one contenders. They may they may just have to you know make an interim title. I don't know, but it's it's gonna be interesting to see you know what what kind of a decision they make and and how they come to that decision because they just had a really great fight last night uh, between Tim Sylvia and Brandon Vera. There's a definitely a, you know some fights coming up with Jack Congo and, and you know Noguera and, and that that's a pretty stacked division. So it does suck that you know Randy Couture did have to do what he did, but I also don't blame him for what he did, but. 
I mean, it, 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 there's a lot more stuff coming out, so I won't be surprised if Randy does come back. But his his biggest problem was that, you know, hey, you're going to pay this guy from Pride millions and millions of dollars, but you're only going to pay me, you know, around 250000 a fight, and I'm the champion, and I'm the one representing your company, and I helped build it up to what it is today. And that was a majority of his argument. And I completely understand, you know, I, I could completely side with Randy on that. I just think there's just so much we don't know that... It's it's going to be, and I, I did want to mention this too. He's going to be holding a, a Randy Couture is going to be holding a press conference this Thursday, and uh, at his gym in Las Vegas, the Extreme Couture gym, and he's basically going to clear up a lot of the things that Dana White's been saying in response in the last week or two uh, since the announcement came out. So definitely look for that on uh, UFC.com, on you know SureDog.com, places like that that I'm sure will cover it, and maybe UFC.com won't cover. It. They'll probably want to ignore what he said, but you know definitely check out all the uh, MMA websites to find out what he says. For sure, we'll have to we'll have to keep keep our eyes out on that, and you keep your eyes out so that you can update all of our wonderful <clears throat> listeners. Absolutely. So, with that being said, is there anything else UFC related or MMA you want to cover real quick, Adam? I just thought the pay per view last night was very very good. Um, it's if anybody wants to see what a true sportsman is like. Take a look at Anderson Silva. Yesterday he defended his, or last night, I'm sorry, he defended his middleweight championship against Rich Franklin. And the whole backstory with that fight last night for people that are just unfamiliar with MMA in general, uh, a year ago this month, uh, Rich Franklin was the middleweight champion, and this guy named Anderson Silva came into the UFC, completely tore through Chris Lieben, and uh, tore through a, few, you know, a couple other people too, got his title shot, beat Rich Franklin, and completely knocked him out with a knee to the face that broke Rich Franklin's nose. It was just, it was just a complete, it was, he just destroyed him. That was just the only way to describe it. And then, you know, as the year, as the months went by, Anderson Silva defended his title successfully two or three, I think it was just two times, because uh, he was supposed to defend it against uh, Travis Luter, and that didn't happen. And he defended it against uh, Nate Marquardt, but uh, it, it was, it was so uh, overwhelming to finally see Rich Franklin come back from that loss. He won two fights, and then they finally announced that this this year in October he was going to get his rematch with the guy who beat him, Anderson Silva, in his hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio. So imagine being Rich Franklin. You're going into last night's pay-per-view in front of your hometown in Cincinnati, Ohio. It was a sold-out venue, and he had to walk into the cage with the guy that completely destroyed him and beat him for the title. And it happened again. And Silva, it was the strangest thing. Anderson Silva almost like looked like he felt bad that he beat him up. And there's video on UFC.com where he goes backstage and says, "I'm I'm really sorry." And Rich Franklin's just saying, "You know, you don't have to you don't have to be sorry. You're just doing your job." And he broke his nose again, and that was one of the things Rich Franklin wanted to avoid. And uh, his nose was broken again. It actually, I told JJ this last night. The the first round of the fight towards the end, uh, Rich got rocked so bad with the right hand that I thought it was going to be over with, and he kind of got saved by the bell with the time running out, and his trainers had to walk over and physically lift him up because he couldn't lift himself up because he was so dazed at that point. And when they started the second round, he didn't look like he was all there. And actually, after the fight was over with and he got knocked out again, he actually did a post-fight interview and walked over to his corner and asked his corner what happened. He didn't even remember what happened. That's how bad he was knocked out. So it was just it's, wow. just, it's just the unpredictability and the things like that that happen that just really make this sport so exciting. And I, <clears throat> I recommend anybody to check out the programming on Spike TV. They have highlights of fights on, on Spike TV called UFC Unleashed. They have a syndicated program called UFC Wire that airs every Saturday. I just really recommend anybody that's really, if you're bored of wrestling right now, Definitely give mixed martial arts and the UFC a shot. There's a great reality show every Wednesday night on Spike TV called The Ultimate Fighter. There's just so much stuff going on right now that just makes it so much more exciting, and I, I really think that this sport's still going to continue to take off from where it uh, really started, you know, about two years ago. Well, you know, I agree. And the thing about MMA that 
uh, definitely separates it from professional wrestling. It's not fixed. It's not scripted. Although a lot of people right now are saying they think that UFC is becoming scripted. I've heard a lot of people tell me that think Dana White's taking it in a direction where he's scripting things. But as of right now, as far as we know, it's not scripted. Hopefully it does not become scripted in the future. But you know what? I've been checking a lot of UFC stuff lately, and I'm liking what I see. So I think MMA could be the way to go in the future. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I know there's going to always be people that say, oh, that's, that's you know, scripted and I mean, it's it's really hard to. I mean, they they may put a guy in a, in a cage with somebody they know that he's going to beat, and if you want to call that scripting, I guess you could. But you know, he's going to be able to beat somebody. But to say it's scripted, I'm sorry. I mean, I I know what's happened in the past in boxing where some people have just you know, they've they've dropped to, to the mat on purpose because they've been paid a certain amount of money to do so. And I just really, it's 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 really hard to say that when you see you you see things happen and you expect people you know, to go down and they don't and they end up upsetting somebody. It's just, you know, I, I really can't buy that argument. I understand that people say it, but it's it's just I'm sorry, I don't I just can't can't I just can't buy into that whole idea of it being scripted. I just really don't buy that. I never will. Well a lot of the a lot of the things that I've heard um people say is the promos are becoming too wrestling like and that Dana White even going and cutting promos and, and doing this and that. It's, it's well, very yeah, but see, but, see of, but that's what he's doing. He's, he's smart. He's taking what works in wrestling, and he's putting it in his realm, and that's what makes it so successful. And I think that's why it's so attractive to wrestling fans because you're getting a little bit of what wrestling's like, but you're also mixing it in with the real sport and that anything can happen. So the video packages are very pro-wrestling-like. The, some of the promos, you know, the very wrestling-like. The entrances are very pro-wrestling-like. But he's taking what works in wrestling and then he's erasing everything else that doesn't work and putting in some real sport, and that's why I think it's so exciting and why it's so entertaining right now. No, I would agree. Like I said, I'm just, I'm just, you know, giving reference and playing devil's advocate to the retractors yeah, sure. out there. Yeah, not a problem. Okay. Well, with that being said, uh, I think we're going to wrap up the MMA. Take a quick commercial break. Come back with uh, fact or fiction. I think is that what you want to do, Boom Boom? So with that being said, Mr. Producer, hit the music, please.
And welcome back to Sunday Night Showdown. Uh, I guess at this point in time, with the, uh, I guess Boom Boom is urging me to go ahead and put out the second trivia question before we jump into fact or fiction. Sure. So, so I, I guess that's. What let's you just remind about. people: you must be registered in our forums to win. As soon as the second question is asked, we need two answers. The first question was who won the NWA Heavyweight Championship at the first Bound for Glory show in 2005. So we need that answer. We also need the second answer to the question I'm going to give you in just a second here. As soon as it's asked, give us both answers. Private message, boom, boom, in the forums. The first person to do that with both correct answers is the winner. That being said, the second question is... Oh, I get to do it this time. You do. You said you were going to do it, but I'll do it. That's fine. Okay. Think really hard on this one. Who was the first TNA World Heavyweight Champion? That's, that's, that's a good one. And that, <laughs> and that concludes the trivia questions for tonight. So you guys can do a little bit of research, get on that, give us the answers. But uh, before we announce the winner, we've got a couple of quick segments here before we wrap up the show. Um, we're going to bring back Factor Fiction. So, JJ, Factor Fiction. Crime Time was taken to FanFest in San Francisco by random fans. I'm going to say fiction because Crime Time would, would have just stolen a car and just showed up. <laughs> and, and they would have stolen somebody's hotel room. And they probably would have beat the crap out of half the people in the crowd and stolen their wallet and then sold somebody's trousers for five bucks. Well, and they probably would have stolen somebody like Stone Cold's paycheck, who actually got paid because I'm guessing they were one of the people who didn't. Um, but actually, it's fact. Their car broke down on the side of the road, and a fan came along and either picked them up and gave them a ride or jump-started their car um, so that they were able to get to the building. So that's actually true. Well, let me get this straight. You're saying that Crime Time rode to FanFest with fans <laughs> because their stolen car broke down? Uh, apparently. That Never steal a car in. that is, is not in well, perfect condition. That's the bottom line. Okay, moving along. Teddy Hart, despondent over losing his spot in the WWE, has come up with an idea. Now, you may know Ted comes up with a lot of big ideas to have his own reality show focusing on the third generation of the Hart family. Knowing Teddy Hart as I do, I'm going to say... I can believe that because <laughs> Ted Hart could sell ice to Eskimos. Or he tried. He's the con man <laughs> in professional wrestling today who's not working for any major companies because he can't keep a job. So I'm going to say that uh, despondent Teddy Hart is going to have his own reality show. That one's actually fiction. Really? It, it's it's a good thing you don't go on these uh, all of these dirt sheets because, well, then you would know that it's actually Julie Hart who has put out a press release a couple of days ago. Who? Julie Hart, the who? former wife of of Brett the Hitman Hart. And she's relevant how? Well, to, well you just listen okay. and hear me out. Um, she put out a press release or her agents or whoever put out a press release that her as well as two of her children, Jade and Blade, will star in their own reality show about the third generation of the Hart family. Um her other two children, Beans and Dallas, will make special appearances 
on Heart Nation. Who the hell named the Heart Kids? You got Blade, you got Jade, you got Beans. I think what they've got the really one? cool names. Dallas. Dallas. They've got really cool names, and Bean's name is actually Sabina, so, you know, it's it's a nickname off of that. Oh, I'm sorry. I just figured if the kid's name Beans, they got a gas problem. Oh, will you stop moving along. Hot on the heels of the news, Gangrel. We brought this up at, at our Wait a first... If Beans did have a gas problem, that wouldn't make them the Hart family. That would make them the Hart family. Anyway, move on. Will you stop? <laughs> We actually, in our first segment of Fact or Fiction, we had a story about Gangrel, um, who's going to be producing porn movies for the new porn order. It's been announced that Shelly Martinez, a.k.a. Ariel, and we actually joked about next she was going to come out in a porn movie. Well, it's actually been announced that she will be appearing in upcoming porn movies. New, new, new porn order. Fact or Fiction. Well, let me see. Gangrel has, has put his teeth into porn. I'm going to say that that is probably a fact. Oh, you're doing so poorly today. It's actually fiction. Um, even though it has been announced all over the place that she is going to be doing this, according to her official MySpace, she denies it, um, that she's not doing porn. She says that there is a difference between Betty Page fetish shots and porn. Yeah, and so and to I guess to each their own. What what do you consider? But um, she's saying she's not that it's it's fetish shot. So I guess that's got to be a fiction. Well, you know, when you're a stripper, you're paid to strip, but a lot of them do other things too. So I'm just thinking, you know, whatever. If I'm wrong on that, <laughs> fine. okay. Now this, no, we'll save that one for the end because that one is that this one's really good. You're not going to get this one. Um, okay, Eugene. This one's pretty mm -hmm. easy. Was rehired by WWE. Fiction. Well, he's actually replacing Joey Matthews as a trainer in OVW. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. Joey Matthews has now signed a contract with TNA, so he's gone. They had to replace him. And, I mean, let's face it, Nick, Nick Dinsmore is an awesome wrestler. I think he could teach a lot. So... Now, this this one is really good. This is the last one for Fact or Fiction. we got to wrap this up and get things going. We're running a little bit late today since we started a little bit late. Um, but this is the final one. Are you ready for this one? A fan has won a championship just for sitting ringside. You know what? I'm going to say fact. You know why I'm going to say fact? Because Santina Morella won the Intercontinental title from sitting at ringside, okay, let, and it was pulled into the ring, it could happen. Okay, I'm saying fact. Okay, but not because he was pulled in the ring. I'm saying he didn't wrestle the match. He was just sitting in the stands watching and was crowned the champion. Fact or fiction? Oh, fiction. It's actually a fact. <laughs> it you is, fucker. It is actually you a fact. You fucker, you swerved me. Um, at a Dragon Gate show um, in, I can't even pronounce this, Hyogo, um, Florida Jackson became the Open the Owari Gate champion just for sitting at ringside. Um, that championship is also sort of known, you know, in a joking fashion to some people who call it the Open Comedy Gate championship. Um, it has a really weird complexity about how how this 
this belt can change hands and how it's defended. Um, sometimes it require, even requires audience approval to retain the belt, even after they've lost the match, so they can still retain the belt. So it's kind of a weird, weird belt, but I mean... A wrestler getting the belt without even participating in the match takes it to a whole new level. <laughs> so that that's it for uh, fact or fiction. And I got absolutely none of those right tonight. I'm O for how many? <laughs> Five, six? O for, yeah, something like that. You fucker. Something like that. But that's the end of fact or fiction. Let's move along here. What a fucker you are. Two. He said. She said. And it's going to be so much better when we actually play our promos that Stunner was nice enough to make for us. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> we're so stupid. We didn't have time to get it together tonight because we had other things going on. But that's uh, another story entirely. That we won't get into on the air today. Um, but I think tonight for He Said, She Said, we should talk a little bit about Cyber Sunday. Um, let's give our predictions on what what the fan choice is going to be and then who actually wins the match. So we're going to start off at the bottom. Um, actually, let's start at the top and work our way down with the WWE Championship, which is going to be defended by Randy Orton versus, we don't know, it's going to be Shawn Michaels, it's going to be Jeff Hardy, or it's going to be Mr. Kennedy. What do it's you think? It's up to you. You choose. You're in charge. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Let's see. So Randy Orton's opponents possible for the match, Ken Kennedy, Jeff Hardy, the Intercontinental Champion, and, of course, the incomparable heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Obviously, they're leaning towards Shawn Michaels being in the main event, and with him coming off a hot comeback, I'm going to say it's going to be Shawn Michaels. Regardless. Okay. I really think Shawn Michaels is going over in that match. Not to say he's going to win the match, but he's going over for the match, is what I'm saying. Okay, so he's he's going to be the one chosen for the match, and then is it going to be Randy or is it going to be Sean that wins? Uh, I'm going to go with Randy Orton is going to retain because right now they need the heel to run with the belt. Let's face it, we just came off a three-year-plus title reign by John freaking Cena. <laughs> so I think it's time that a heel does carry it for a while. Um I'm sticking with Randy Orton because right now he is the top heel in the company and he deserves to hold the championship. And I don't know if you noticed or not, but is it just me or does the spinner belt look like it doesn't have a spinner on it anymore? Stop. <laughs> it doesn't. It, it's, it never moves. So I'm thinking they took the spinner off. Okay, well, I'm going to give my, my opinion, but I need to break away from this just for a second. We don't have a winner yet for the prize. The second question was a trick question, people. Who was the first ever... TNA heavyweight champion. We gave you the answer earlier in the show. Come on now, people. There's only been one champion previous to the current one. So, can I get some new answers, people? You just gave it away. Well, way to go, Slick. Well, had to give the people a hint. Way to go, Slick. Moving along, I agree it's going to be Shawn Michaels. Um... We all know that Cyber Sunday is pretty much a joke. We all know that if it is voted on by the fans, it is so swerved that way that that's how people pick anyway. So I'm going to go with Shawn Michaels, and I'm actually going to go with Shawn Michaels taking the belt off of Randy Orton. Not going to happen. No? As much as I would like to see Shawn Michaels, and believe me, I would. I would love to see him with another title reign. Not going to happen. Randy Orton's going to retain. Okay. So moving along to the world championship 
it's going to be Batista versus The Undertaker. Now, the stipulations for that is the special guest referee. Um, there's Stone Cold, Mick Foley, and your la third and final choice is JBL replacing Roddy Piper, who kind of <coughs> shit himself all out of that. What do you think? Who's going to win, and, and what's the stip going to be? I think that for that particular match, the fans are going to vote Stone Cold Steve Austin. Let's face it, Mick Foley has never done well as a referee. JBL, it is possible that they could throw JBL in there, but let's face it, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that it's going to be. It's going to be. It's do, do, going do. to be. Oh, you want the music? It's going to be. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hell yeah, it's going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm going to be the special guest referee, and I'm going to stomp a mud hole in anybody's ass. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Steve Austin. Absolutely. Okay, and who's going to win? I think that it should, by all rights, be The Undertaker. So I'm going with Undertaker. Okay. Taker takes it. Okay, Sounds good. Um, I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna go with Stone Cold. Um, I what? think, I think with what? All, will you shut up? What? 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 I think with with all the publicity around the condemned, and I, I think that he's he's the person people want to see. So I'm gonna also go with Stone Cold and. I'm going to also go with The Undertaker because The Undertaker was set for a long run uh, before he got injured. So I'm, I'm going to say it, it's Undertaker. So we're, we're kind of on the same for that one. can't believe it. We're actually agreeing on some stuff tonight, except for, well, I think <laughs> Shawn Michaels is going to win, but I, I don't see it happening. ECW Championship, <clears throat> CM Punk versus either Big Daddy V, The Miz, or Johnny Nitro. Hoorah! It's going to be Johnny Morrison. Johnny Morrison takes the title at Cyber Sunday because, let's face it, CM Punk was a transitional champion at best to hold the belt until John Morrison came back. John Morrison all the way. I'm agreeing with you. Damn. And why did I have Johnny Nitro written down? <laughs> no, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, CM Punk was a placeholder. And so it's like a bookend. He's a placeholder. Yeah. So so I agree with you on this one. Um Triple H versus Umanga. Umaga. <laughs> what is the stipulation of their match going to be? Is it going to be a steel cage match? Is it going to be a first blood match or is it going to be a street fight? Um if I had my Druthers, and obviously I can if I go vote a thousand times on WWE.com like, like everybody times. should. Um, I'm going to go with Street Fight because he's had really good street fights in the past with Mick Foley. And Steel Cage, I don't really care to see. First Blood, <gasps> I don't really care to see. Street Fight's the way to go. Okay. Absolutely. I think that if WWE actually wants to, to control this, I think it's going to be a First Blood match. As much as I want to see a cage match, I, I think it's going to be a first blood match. And I think it's going to be Triple H. Oh, yeah. Triple H will definitely go over on Imaga. 
moving along. MVP versus Matt Hardy. The stipulation is going to be either a wrestling match, a boxing match, or an MMA match. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with MMA match because just for the pure, for the pure um, hilarity of it all, to see Matt Hardy and MVP actually fight in an actual fight, it ain't going to happen. But you know what? If I had to choose, I would choose MMA. We've already seen boxing. Yeah. We've already seen wrestling. Yeah. MMA. I'm going to agree. I am, it's not even for the title. I'm going to agree with that. I, I think it's going to be MMA. I think maybe perhaps WWE sees that MMA is huge right now. If you look at the people buying UFC pay-per-views compared to WWE pay-per-views, I mean, MMA is huge, and, and maybe they see that. Plus, I think it would be something completely unique that we haven't seen within, you know, the the big two. So I'm also going to go with MMA. And, well, you know, i got to go with my boy, Matt Hardy. Your boy. That's yeah, right. Whatever. My boy. I'm going with MVP on that one. Only because I'm going for nope. Matt Hardy. <laughs> no, I think MVP is the future of that company. Well, and it's a non-championship match, so I'm still going to go with Matt Hardy because that's just the way life goes. I, you know what? I'm going with MVP because he's the team captain. Matt Hardy can't beat MVP. All right. He's the man. Sounds good. Um, moving along, the final match is Rey Mysterio versus Finley. And the stipulations are it's going to be either a stretcher match, a shillelagh on a pole match, <laughs> sorry, or a no disqualification match. Well, that's better than a Stephanie's Dirty Panties on a pole match. Oh, my God. Does everybody remember those old promos? Uh, let's see. Stretcher, shillelagh on a pole, or no DQ. It's probably going to be a freaking shillelagh on a pole. A shillelagh on a pole. Okay. I'm going with shillelagh on a pole. Okay. Well. It's shillelagh on a pole. Bottom line. You know, again, going going places that we've never been. We've never been. <laughs> I mean. How many stretcher matches have we had? How many how many no disqualification matches have we had? I mean, we've had a million of them. There's nothing special with with a no disqualification match. So I think that I think we are going to see a first and hopefully only Shalele on a pole match. What the hell was that? I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Shillelagh on a pole. And as far as who is going to win the match, I'm going to say I'm going to go with um, Little Ray Ray because he's obviously gotten the short end of the Shillelagh as of the short end. <laughs> I was going to say the short end of the, the stick, shillelagh. but it works better to say the short end of the Shillelagh. So I'm going to say <laughs> Little Ray Ray goes over. So. What are you saying, Ray Ray, about the Shillelagh and Ray Ray? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, don't ever do that again. <laughs> never, I'm still ever, doing ever, it for ever, an ever, hour ever. after the show. No, I'm just kidding. I would never do that to you. Um, I'm gonna go with Ray too, and I'm gonna hope that he's not, you know the Green Goblin or something and decides to paint himself all one color. What are you, a bandwagon jumper again? 
What? You agree with just about everything I've said tonight. Copycat. Isn't that weird? Don't you have any opinions of your own? Come on. Be original for once. Put the knife down. <laughs> I don't even okay. know what to say to that. Okay. I really don't. I mean, can we not agree on something? We had differences. I picked We're Matt. Married. You picked MVP. anything. Okay. And the, the last thing that fans get to choose is the next WWE fathead. I don't... Do you know what a WWE fathead is? No, I have no idea. Well, there's these, like, really cool vinyl 3D posters. They've got... Um, I don't know who all they have, but I know John Cena's one of them. We may end up with one in my closet. The hell we To will. go with Brett. <laughs> yeah, Brett stays in the closet. Shut up. Um, but the, the choices are for the next WWE fathead, either CM Punk, Jeff Hardy, The Boogeyman, or Rey Mysterio. Well, if you if you get the boogeyman, he can definitely stay in the closet. Think about it. And then it would be cool if you actually had audio. You know, you go, I'm the boogeyman, and I'm coming to get you. <laughs> he stays Wait. in the closet. That's great. And you can scare the hell out of your kids. Ow. What a great Halloween gift. I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> it's got to be the boogeyman. <clears throat> Do you really think the boogeyman is going to sell a lot of them? You think a lot of people are going to buy them to scare their children? I mean, come on now. Oh, think about it. That would be the greatest Halloween gift ever. You got the boogeyman in the closet, and you, or even outside your door, and little kids come up to trick or treat, and he's, "I'm the boogeyman, and I'm coming to get you." Okay, I'm. It's great. I'm gonna go with Rey Mysterio. I think that they would sell tons of them with Rey Mysterio. I was kind of torn between CM Punk or Rey Mysterio because CM Punk does have such cult following, but um, I'm gonna go with Rey Mysterio, and I guess we're gonna see how all the answers play out next week live on the Sunday Night Showdown. And I'm glad you mentioned next week live on the Sunday Night Showdown because uh, I was talking to Will earlier and I told him I would definitely do this. Um, yeah, you saw the splash page earlier this week. WRN is going under some changes and there's going to be a big announcement made next Sunday right here on Sunday Night Showdown. Oh, we get to give the announcement. That's pretty regarding cool. Regarding what's happening uh, on the Wrestling Radio Network. I will tell you this. Things haven't been great up until now, but things are about to change. I know everybody's heard of that in the past, but I really do believe things are going to change this time around. For the better. For the and better. and how cool is it that we get to be the people to break that news on air? We get to usher in the era of awesomeness with That's the Wrestling right. Radio Network right here, Sunday Night Showdown. Right here. Um, we do have a winner. We do. We do. Well, everybody knows that Kurt Angle was the first TNA champion. See, right. that was the trick, people. Well, exactly. it, it wasn't It wasn't the NWA TNA title. It was the TNA title. So we do have a winner. Um, Rock and Sock has won. So I just need Rock and Sock to um, private message me again with his address, and we'll get that out to you here pretty quick. Um, with that being said, I think we've had a pretty good show. We're a little bit over, but we've had a pretty packed show. So I, I think it's time to go. Yeah, I think it's time to get the hell out of here. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell up out of here. That's just the way it's going to be for tonight. With that being said, guys, join us next week when we have live pay-per-view coverage, possibly from Bottoms Up, possibly from the Pimp Palace right here in Calgary, Alberta. Not really sure how we're going to do next week's show. Bottom line, we will be covering Cyber Sunday with the play-by-play and up-to-the-minute updates as it happens. So... Until next week, on behalf of Boom Boom, and of course me, Mr. Money on the Mic, we're calling it a show, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in.
we're out. Who's to know if your soul will fade at all? The one you sold to fool the world. You lost your self-esteem along the way. Self-esteem alone